thank you to our sponsor, Brianna Hoffman, a realtor based in Utah. I am so grateful that Brianna was the one who helped me buy and sell our home because she was so generous with her time. Luckily for her, it only took us like 10 houses before we found the one we wanted, but she was still willing to see more. She was always willing to do more and spend more time with us. And I know that she's also made some fun changes to her website. Summer is a great time to sell your house, as most of you know. Go to her website, www.brianna-hoffman.com to find a realtor you'll love. Welcome to I See You, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Welcome to the ICU podcast. This is episode 83, Loving Your Family. It's been a crazy few weeks. Besides the coronavirus pandemic, I've just been so sad, so sad for so many communities hurting right now, especially those affected by George Floyd's death and the violence and the rioting. I absolutely believe Black Lives Matter, and I love my Black brothers and sisters, and I hope to continue to be able to learn from them. I really believe such a key of showing someone that we love them is going into a conversation with curiosity instead of criticism. It makes me think of episode 27, where my sweet friend, John Jefferson, who is Black, came on and we talked about the power of race and about racism specifically. I also feel sad. I feel so sad for police officers and for those that have been hurt and injured. You know, my cousin's husband was shot a few years ago in Las Vegas. He was a police officer and he was just eating lunch at a CC's pizza. And he was shot by two people who hated cops. He left behind three kids, one of which was only nine months old. And my sweet cousin, his wife, his name is Alan Beck, and they actually just finished a park, a memorial park for him in Las Vegas in honor of him. So I've been thinking a lot about that experience attending that funeral a couple years ago as I see the, the deaths of many cops, and it's just my heart hurts. I'm just feeling sad for sadness for all these people who are being affected by this. Rob and I actually, we watched the movie Just Mercy. It's free right now. It's a new movie that came out last year, and it's free on YouTube and I want to say Amazon Prime Video. It's amazing, but it helped us bring us an increased amount of understanding for maybe what it might feel like to grow up as a black person in in the United States. And I would just totally recommend it. Just mercy. It was beautiful. We were just blown away. So switching gears, I am joined today by my friend, Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. So Sarah is here. She's going to talk about loving your family kind of a fun connection. Her husband, Lee, was on episode 21, which I think is entitled, They Called Me a Freak, right? Mm -hmm. And he talked about being hearing impaired. So it's it's like a a marriage thing today. (laughs) Both have been on the podcast now. My secret's out. I ask ask my friends a lot of times, like, you have a good story. So today we are going to be talking about family systems and how it's empowered you. Will you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? So I'm married to Lee, as you said, and we currently, we live in Cottonwood Heights, Utah. We have three little kids, so that's a lot of fun. We have a five-year-old, three-year-old, and one-year-old, so we're busy and happy. I love it, but I also just, I love the experience of mommyhood to drag your kids along to the things that you truly find pure joy in. So I love to be outside. I love to hike. I love to run. Um, I'm a nature girl at heart. I used to dance and I haven't done that for a really long time and miss it. 
as a little side job, I develop activities for an online private school. And so that's really fun. I didn't know that. And is that new? It's pretty new. Oh, yeah. cool. We'll have to yeah. talk about it later. Yeah. <laughs> it's just reminding me, we used to go running early in the morning together when we lived in the same neighborhood. And we had some really crazy experiences together. <laughs> like I had a dog for only four months because I couldn't do a podcast and take care of little people and a dog, it turns out. <laughs> and there was one time that like I tripped over the dog's leash and like face planted it. Sarah was a good friend. She didn't laugh too much until <laughs> later. I was like, ow, that hurts so bad. And then the duck so thing. Yes. What happened with the duck thing again? So your dog saw these ducks. So we were at, um, is it Leighton Commons Park? Yeah, Leighton so we Commons met Park. in Leighton when we both lived there. Her dog saw a duck and decided to just go crazy and, and ran off the leash, like just ran right out of your hold on the leash and totally jumped in and out and everywhere. And we were just scrambling to get her. And then there was the park, park keeper and he saw you and we were breaking the rule because it said all dogs on a leash. And he started dialing. And so we were frantic because we were like, we've got to get right. out of here. Like, the cops are going to take us away. It was awesome. That's right. And we got all muddy, I think, because we were trying to get her. Yep. We and were, she was chasing the ducks. That oh my was gosh. quite the run. We didn't. Well, we did run. I ran harder <laughs> than normal. I did not make excuses. I was afraid of the cops. Yep. We've had some fun, fun times. Yeah. Today, you're going to talk to us a little bit about a term called the family systems theory. Can you tell us what that means and why why it's important to you? Yeah, so it's just come to my mind spending so much time with my family in my, you know, my little immediate family during this pandemic. Family systems theory, to put it simply, you can think of a mobile hanging above a baby's crib and there's all these different pieces hanging down from the center piece and they're all connected. So if you tug on one, it's going to move the whole thing. If you try to move one and pull it apart, it also moves it. It's hard for it to, you know, you're going to have to pull really hard to get that detached. So it just shows that families, that all the members are interconnected. That's what this, this theory says, that the, we're all interconnected, especially emotionally that we all play a part in how the other feels. Sometimes um, certain members of the family can be kind of the absorber of that. So they they hold a lot of the family's emotions. They can be very telling of what is happening in that family system. You can look at it from a strengths-based approach because it can be really powerful in a family's survival and in a, a family's ability to pull together, get through hard times, but you can also look at it, you can see the negatives that sometimes it can be, it can end up with a lot of dysfunction and a lot of hardship for people to try to balance out, you know, what they need to do within their family systems to, to be healthy themselves. Why is it important to you? That is like the one thing I remember from college. You know, I'll always remember tying my shoes, but don't ask me about the statistics like formula. I don't remember, but I remember sitting in in that human development class. And I can't even remember which one it was, but I remember learning about that theory and just, it just struck me and it has stayed with me forever because of so much truth that I see, have seen in it. I'm like, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. How can understanding our family system help us see our family members better? Just knowing that you are a whole and that 
or that your family system is a whole and that you are each family member is so important in that whole, in that whole piece, in that whole family system. And when you can see that you as a family member play such a vital role in how your family is functioning, it is empowering, but it's also, you know, you, you realize like what impact you have on someone. And I think it's so important because then you can look through the lens of, of this theory to help you not only recognize that impact that you're having on others, but to, to recognize the impact that is also on you and to know that you are ultimately in charge of how you respond within your family and that you are not always in charge of them, recognizing that their impact is there, but knowing that you all are going to to impact each other. And there's a lot of power when you see through the lens of this theory, because it just, it shows the interconnectedness that you all have and the, and the great power that lies there when you, when you recognize that. Absolutely. Well, and sometimes I feel like we talk about seeing people on here with compassion and connecting with them. And really our greatest opportunity is to do that within our own families, whether it's our family we have now as adults or our family of origin. I mean, like you talked about connectedness, you're so interconnected. It's, it's biological. It's in your blood. It is. And it's so, you know, it's hard because on the one hand, it's just a fact that you, you are so interconnected. You cannot run away from your family. You can't hide. You can't make someone disappear. You may want to, but they're, they're there. Right. And I think sometimes this hurts so much because you love so much. I think that's why it's so, it is tricky when we're talking about abuse and neglect and really unhealthy, the, the yucky side of this, right? The dysfunction, like that is something that has to be fleshed out. And sometimes on an individual basis, you do have to break certain ties and, and that tugging of that piece of that mobile does have to happen. But I think that when we, recognize this as we do need to go back to those people that we can trust, recognize our, just our great importance as a family member. I think it just allows so much room for really seeing and feeling and just that connection and, and practice, just like you said, the way that we interact with our family members is, is the great practice to, to spread, spread this connectedness to our communities and to the world. And totally. So do you have any specific examples or experiences that you could share to help us to like see this in play? I do. So when I was young, I had an incident where I just loved friends. I still love friends. I was really social and I had a little neighbor and she had an uncle that molested us when I was Mm -hmm. six years old. And, you know, I, I didn't really know. I knew it was not fun and it was an icky situation, but I did not see the impact as a six-year-old as the impact that, you know, how it impacted my parents. So they thought I was in a safe place. I wasn't safe. That was really hard for them, especially my mom and all of my siblings. You know, they, I think at one time or another had learned of that. My sibling who took it the hardest was my oldest sister who was 12. And so that just, that is one example of an incident that happened to one family member 
but each family member was feeling it in their own way. From my sister's point of view, she was this 12-year-old that her dad had always said, I'm going to protect my family. Nobody's going to mess with my family. If they do, you know, I'm going to make things right. He was very protective as a father. And, and, but even he couldn't protect, you know, me from something bad happening. And so that was, you know, but my family did ultimately draw together on that. My parents sought help for me. I was in therapy for a good couple of years. We came together but my sister being a part of that system like that, that really impacted her as a 12 year old, kind of changing from this childhood place to to a teen. That was really hard for her. Yeah, it's kind of like taking off the rose colored sunglasses, right? right? Right. Facing some harsh realities as a kid. Yeah. So I share this this detail about being molested, not for um, recognition or for a shock appeal, but I share it because I want to show that when a person and a family member is willing to look at the hard things in their own personal story, that is the best way I feel that we can inspire our our family members as they go along their own personal journey to face and truly face the hard things in their lives. We we are in this family system, but we are also ultimately on, on our own personal stretching journey. We all have different courses of life. And so I wanted to share that for that purpose. And then my second example, it happened when we were all adults as siblings. My oldest sister, the same sister I'm talking about, she, after having a baby about a year later, suffered a mental episode. And it was really, really devastating for her. I I can't really put into words what she went through. And we always, you know, when it comes to mental challenges and struggles, there is always that question, why? But it just is sometimes, and you just have to confront it and face it and work together. And that family system, again, she had her own husband and her own children who had to pull together and and work as a system there. But my mom came to her aid and my other sister came and stayed with her for about three months. And and that's an experience where I look back and I kind of wish that I could have been a stronger part of that family system, a stronger family member. I was pregnant with, with my first little girl at the time and thinking, is this my future fate? Is this where, you know, pregnancy leads? I was terrified. I could look back in, in retrospect and say, hey, how could I have been a better piece of that family system and, and been a stronger force for good there. Because we're never going to get it perfect the first time with that. I mean, we've all made mistakes in our relationships with our families. We've all said stupid things. We've shown up or didn't show up when we should have. You said we always want to understand the why, because I relate to that so much, as you know, because for years it was like, is this a biological problem that I'm having? Is it PTSD? Is it in my head? And still to this day, those little demons come out where I'm like, but maybe I can get off my medication because maybe it was just, maybe I just made it all up somehow. Mm -hmm. Anyways, and I think it's normal. Our brain wants to fix it, right? Like if you listen to Jody Moore a lot, you know that our brain wants to fix it, but that's something I may not know until the next life. I may never know exactly what the perfect combination was to start wreaking havoc for me mentally when I was 21, you know, and to, to battle such severe anxiety and depression. I know some components for sure. I've worked through a lot of that in therapy, but I still don't know for sure all the reasons. Totally. I heard from a lady recently that when we look at our families, we can look or at ourselves even. So with mental health, 
we can look at ourselves from a referee mentality and and look and say, there's this wrong, there's this wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Or we can look at the family or ourselves with a coach mentality. What is going right? Where can we start? You know, it's it's our perspective. What is going right, even with these challenges, even with this mental, this great mental health condition or experience that we're having? There are things that are right, and if we start there, then we can open up some sore spots and allow room for some healing that can lead to our ultimate maximum joy, right? And even if it is in the next life, it's teaching us something great. And I've seen that even with my sister, like she may feel defeated. I think she feels really defeated sometimes, but what is it about her that is teaching us and teaching her friends as she with grace and dignity and just with endurance sometimes goes through what she was handed Absolutely. Well, it's so powerful. It's so powerful to accept yourself as you are and to, to move forward and find the strengths with that. I mean, it goes back to, you know, what makes you different makes you powerful. And each family member has that. They have their different superpowers based on their experience, their genetics, all those things. Yeah. Thank you for being so open. I didn't know all of that. <laughs> But here we're finding it out. We're in my walk-in closet right now. <laughs> totally. Well, That's... and I love I love what you said. Uh, acceptance really is a place of peace. And even looking through this lens of the family systems theory, there are some things about our families we will never change. Those negative things, right? But the acceptance part is um, it's freeing. It's empowering to, to recognize there are problems, but that's okay. But it's okay. We are, expect problems. We expect problems. There is not a perfect family, not one. And we might look at another family and say, they have got it all together, but they too, even in that perfectionistic look that we might see, they too have their problems. Absolutely. So shifting gears just a little Talk to me a little bit about what happened earlier this year in your family and how it kind of affected your whole family. It was New Year's Day and I got a phone call from my dad saying that he had found my uncle, his only brother, who had taken his life and that my dad was with law enforcement and he was working to sort it out. And it just sidelined us. We we knew he struggled and he was he was definitely feeling depressed. He had lost both my dad and his brother had lost uh, their dad and mom. It was very challenging for him. He also had been dealing with some prostate cancer that we believe came back and it was just something he just did not want to face again. We didn't realize how interconnected we were with him even. I didn't see my uncle, you know, even on a weekly basis as I got married and had children and everything. I just wasn't that connected with him, but having that happen, it's just like memories with him flood back. Right. And we realize, wow, he, he was a really important part of this little family system that we had. It was just my dad, his brother, his parents. It was, we did everything with him. It taught me that the family standing right there with you, you just, you just don't know. You never know what you're going to face or if you're going to lose someone precious to you, to anything. It, it can be anything. 
And it makes me, I don't know, just hearing that story makes me want to protect my family, makes me want to check in with people like, are you okay? And just, we've talked about on this podcast before, and I truly believe that there's, there's no one extra. There's no one that isn't supposed to be here that doesn't have things to bring to the table. And Gaina Lynn Condi said on our episode that we'll never be better without you. Like never, it'll always be a hard, painful thing while it teaches us things that spot will always be missing at the dinner table. It's so true. And there's so many ways to connect with your family members that checking in, like you said, just giving a hug, giving a smile, looking them in their eyes. How often do we really stop to look at, look in their eyes, see where they're at. And I know for my dad, after that, you have so much grief and the grief cycle, it just continues, right? So he Mm -hmm. still has grief it is so hard to open up to those that we love because we don't want to hurt them. My dad has been such a great example of coming from a place of strength. He So after this happened with my uncle, he needed to sell all of his, his home and his possessions. And before he sold his motorcycle, my, my uncle's mo- motorcycle, my dad asked if I wanted a ride. And it was mm. just the sweetest memory. So my uncle used to give me motorcycle rides, but it was so just so fun to hop on the back of a motorcycle with my dad and ride through their old neighborhoods. But my dad just like telling me stories, you know, of of my uncle and him and where they would play and what they would do. It, and that was such an example. Like I just thought my dad could be sitting and sulking for himself right now and not willing to open up to me and touch my heart. But in that place, like I felt so connected and so lifted by the person that was probably even hurting more. And so it just made me re- realize like we really do need to pull together, especially in those times where it's natural to want to pull away. Because I don't know about you, but when things get ugly, I am a flight person. I want to run. I don't want to face those things. But the connection is so real when we when we fight that that challenging response. And so healing. Yeah. So healing. That's so, what heals, right? Is when we like face those emotions and we lean into them. Even though it feels harder at first, we move through it quicker and healthier. Totally. You've just been such a cheerleader for me and for this podcast and for the mission of it. Why is the ICU podcast and mission, why is it important to you? I just see the great need for it. Like right now, just when you, back when you told me about it, I was just like, yes, yes. Like it's everything that in my head, I knew the people in our community needed, but you had that vision and that, and I just, I, it is so important to me. It has taught me so much about myself in just stopping, having the desire to even see someone looking past what I see with my eyes to see with my heart, see with my pure, raw feelings, you know, and to try to connect on that level rather than a level. So coming from a place of love instead of a place of criticism, of judgment, of comparison, all of those things that we just do so much in our society today. When I've remembered to do this, like you said, I'm not perfect. I make tons of mistakes. I kind of feel like a hypocrite even doing this. But when I have remembered to do this, I have had just amazing, just it lifts both the giver and the receiver. And in life, we are both the giver and receiver, right? We're receiving. I, it's also helped me to see how many people have seen me. And I'm so, so grateful for those people in my life, in my family and my friends. There have been so many who have seen me. 
and I, I love to be seen and I love when other people can be seen for their goodness and what they contribute to our world. We, without connection, we're, we've, we've lost everything. You should have written my book. <laughs> no. So I, just thought, I was like, oh, I should have said that in my book. That is why it's so it's important. It's for your second book because you're so amazing. Your mission is so unique to you. And just I'm so grateful you take the time to spread this. And Well, thank you. Thank you. I and yeah, it's it. kind of fun. You've kind of seen the podcast since it was a little baby. I right? know. Did now- we meet before it was started? We ran when you were like, Sarah, I have this idea. And you said, do you know how to like connect a mic? You were figuring it all out. And I'm like, I have no clue, but I'll ask my husband. And he had no clue either. Oh, that was the worst part. I just was so excited and hopeful that like you would just push forward with that dream, you know, and just like work through all the, I mean, it's, it's a great sacrifice on your part. I, I see Julie as a mom too, and <laughs> she has littles and it's With hard. challenges. <laughs> Thank it's you. so hard. Yeah. So Thank you. I love it. My favorite question to ask is what we'll kind of end with, which is if there's someone listening that's struggling specifically in their family, just to really love and engage in their family and be open with them, what would be your final thoughts for them? First off, I just feel like blaming is a huge issue in our families. It's so easy to, to point fingers at each other and blame each other. And I would just say, if you're blaming, try to find some compassion on your other family members. Just try and try to go to that, what that coach mentality, what is right here? The second thing I would say is that if you're hurting and you need help, sometimes help has to be outside of our families, right? Sometimes we need to go and seek that professional help. I would say that if you do need help and you need to be seen, let one person you trust see you. And if they're not in your family, seek help. And I just wanted to say, I love the quote by Mother Teresa. She said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. She doesn't say change your family. She says, love your family. And my mom used to share this quote, and I don't know who it has come from, but it it goes like this. It says, our family is a circle of strength and love with every birth and every union, the circle grows. Every joy shared adds more love. Every crisis faced together makes the circle stronger. So again, I love drawing together, pulling together, connecting, seeing. Thank you. I want to go call my siblings now. <laughs> I want to say thank you again to our sponsor this week, Brianna Hoffman, my very, very favorite realtor. I feel like realtors often get a bad rap being pushy and high pressure. And I'm so sad to hear that because that was not my experience at all with Brianna. She is just one of the most compassionate, kind, go-getter people I know. She's a hard worker. She does a great job. Check out her website at brianna-hoffman.com. And that's Brianna with one N. Thank you guys for being here, for sharing this time with me on the ICU podcast. My name is Julie Lee and I see you.